0: sanctuary where you can do so with a qr code so go ahead and get that done if you want to register and you are online uh you can just uh, go ahead and send an inbox message to either the church or to the reformation we'll take care of that monday august 22nd 7 p.m our song of solomon virtual session that's for engaged or married persons you can see chantries to be added to the reminder list and then we have another food distribution coming up. We just did one uh, yesterday in Hilltop. It was a wonderful success. We'll be giving out food in the DeSoto Bass August 24th, uh, 901 Wilberforce, 11 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. If you're interested, you can also see uh Roslin's not here right now, and she will give you information in terms of getting that together. Amen? Amen. Y'all ready for the word? All right, I'm excited. We got work to do, um, like lots of it. So this is like uh, get you a good fresh sheet of paper or draw you a line and um, put you a date up there so we can work. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you, God, for who you are and what you do. Lord, I honor you, God, for your presence among us. Lord, I am grateful, Lord, that you continue to be better than we deserve. Lord, as the word goes forward today, God, we know it's unchecked by any foreign force because the word said that it will not go go forth and come back void. And so, God, we have great expectation that your word will do what you said it will do. But it is us that we pray for, that we have the strength to walk that word out. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. I want to begin, as we've been talking about the power of patterns, power of patterns, I want to begin with a question that I've raised before, but I need to raise it yet again for all of us in the room. And the question is this, how do I continue to walk in the pattern of the born again when stuff keeps coming at me? It's a valid question. How do I continue to do the right thing when the wrong thing seems so much easier? Right? So how do I continue to walk in this pattern? So to answer this question tonight, and here's how I want you to label uh, your notes. I'm going to, to teach us, train us on the resilience of the born again. The resilience of the born again. Now let me say this. Our standard for resilience must not be the world. That's why I rebuke cult- uh, hustle culture. I rebuke that, right? Because that's not the way the born again operates. Hustle culture, that whole sleep when you dead and, you know, team no sleep and all that. That's not the way God operates. He says my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So I come against hustle culture. We're not we not on that. OK, but I want to say, say this. The born again should be resilient. Now, write that word down in your notes. Resilient. It means, listen to this, able to withstand Or recover quickly, Lord have mercy, underline that, from difficult situations. Y'all need it again? Able to withstand, speed your pens up. Or recover quickly from difficult situations. Able to withstand or recover, how? Come on. Able to withstand or recover how? Quickly from difficult situations. Now, there's a key word that I want you to draw a circle around in that definition. It's actually not the word quickly because I told you how to underline that. The key word in this definition is or. Able to withstand or, I'm about to give you all some revelation here, or recover quickly. Quickly. Now, here's the thing. Listen to this. What side of the ore you are on depends on where you are on the road of regeneration. So, where am I at? Am I in the, remember, what side of the ore are you on? Am I in the withstanding or the recovering? Did y'all catch that? Am I withstanding or recovering? There's a big difference here. Uh, let, let me make sure I'm walking slow. Because victory is your portion, regardless of what side of the ore you own. However, as your spiritual resilience grows, how does that grow? Training and utilization. So as your spiritual resilience grows, there are some things that you shouldn't have to recover from. Let's slow down. As your spiritual resilience grows, how does it grow? Through training and utilization. There are some things that you shouldn't be recovering from. I don't understand. There are some things for the born again that shouldn't be getting you anymore. See, recovery, recovery indicates it got me and I'm coming back. Y'all catch it now. Now, but there are some things for the born again that you shouldn't have to recover from. Y'all catching this? I shouldn't have to recover from this. It should have never gotten me. Now, let's, let's be honest today, class. How many of you have had some things that you had to recover from? Recover. Yeah, right? Right, right. No, no, never me. Right? Like, that thing got me. And I'm, reco- I'm in recovery. It got me. However, for the born again, there are some things you shouldn't have to recover from. In other words, you should have been so resilient that you stayed on the other side of the ore. You simply withstood it, right? You simply withstood it, okay? There was a time when I had a leak in my basement. Every time it rained, I had to recover from the rain. So every time it rained, I'd have to go down, get the, the wet vac out, and vacuum out the basement, and I'd have to recover. But once I got my basement fixed, my basement no longer recovers from the rain. It withstands rain. Rain all it want to. My basement has been fixed. So I'm no longer recovering from storms. I'm withstanding. Lord, y'all hearing. So based upon where you are. In your, your, your road of regeneration determines where you are on either side of the oar. And I know I'm looking at some of your faces. Y'all like, oh, Lord, I'm recovering. I'm re-. It's all you do is recover. Amen. Victory is in recovery. But I'm trying to get y'all to the point where y'all can withstand. All right? This is the state. Listen to what I'm about to say. Withstanding. Write it down. Withstanding is the state of the fully armored believer. Withstanding is the state of the fully armored believer. Turn to Ephesians 6. Withstanding is the state of the fully armored believer. Y'all in Ephesians 6? Y'all know the text. Speed your fingers up. Withstanding is the state of the fully armored believer. Say, I'm fully armored. I'm fully armored. Come on. I want you to write that real good in your notes. I'm fully armored. And I want you to be honest. Because for some of y'all, that's a target. It's not a reality yet. I'm not fully armored yet. Ephesians 6, verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord. Verse 10. And in the strength of his might, put on the what? Whole or full armor of who? Who? Now, it's important that we understand that. I've taught that before. It's not our armor. It's his. He's letting me wear it. This. Here's the thing. Understanding that it's God's armor actually should give you more faith in it. Somebody caught it. Understanding that it's God's armor should give you more faith in it. God, this is your armor. You let me wear it. Right. I have more faith in it because of who it belongs to. I'm going somewhere tonight. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. See how that's withstanding? So the full armor allows me to withstand, not recover. Remember, I told you guys that too many of us think that the devil is too big. Okay, the same thing comes when we think that recovery is God's best. The armor allows me to withstand, not recover. There are some times where you need to say, Lord, elevate me to the place where I no longer have to recover from it. Get me to the place where when it comes, I have on enough armor to stand against it. Okay? Because weapons are going to be formed, but they're not supposed to do what? Prosper. The weapon is not supposed to prosper. So, so our struggle, verse 12, is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the powers against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. Don't get stuck there. 13. Therefore, take up the what? How much of it? Full. Not partial. Not the parts you like. Full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day. And having done everything to stand firm, 14, stand firm. This is all about resistance not recovery. Let me say one more thing. Stop looking at Ephesians 6 like David looked at Saul's armor. David said, I can't put this armor on because I haven't proven it. Yeah, but that was Saul's armor. This is God's. He's proven it for me. I know it works because of who it comes from. Of course, David couldn't wear Saul's armor Because David was wise enough to know that, listen, you are something I'm not. You have something that I'm not authorized for. But God is literally saying, no, you're authorized for this, and I'm letting you wear it for a specific purpose. Maybe the reason that you keep having to bounce back and get yourself together and fix and restore and recover is because you're going out half-dressed. Many of us never get fully armored. As a matter of fact, it says verse 14, stand firm. Having girded up your loins with what? Having put on the breastplate of what? Having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of what? Now, if you ain't got this stuff, you ain't fully dressed. (sighs) Don't make it too hard. To understand whether or not you have it, let's watch this. Am I walking in truth? Thy word is truth. Well, kind of, I don't really study like that. You have dress. Are you righteous? Well, I still got some open, unconfessed, unrepentant sin in my life. You're half dressed. Do you operate in peace? I'll keep you in perfect peace when your mind is stayed on me. No, my life is most of the time in turmoil. I'm always talking about somebody getting on my nerves. Something's always going wrong. I'm always stressed out. I operate in anxiety. You're half-dressed in addition to all taking up the shield of faith. Do you have that? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Well, you know, sometimes I believe and other times I don't believe. It really depends on how big it is. You're half-dressed. Wherewith you be able to extinguish all of the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take on the helmet of salvation. And some of us don't know we say, we just say that we are because the preacher said so. You know a tree by its. That's how you know a tree. You know, yeah. Because see, let me tell you something. I gave the preacher my hand at six years old. I didn't get saved until I got to college. Mm Mm-hmm. My undergrad, that's when I got saved. I was churched before that. Yes, I didn't get saved to undergrad. Huh? On a Thursday at 2.30 in the morning. No, I know. Because I called my dad like something's happening. And I need you to meet me at Denny's right now. Hey, I don't know. I need you to meet me right now at Denny's. And I got out of my dorm room bed in VWK. And I went down to the Denny's right down there by Miami Valley Hospital. I sat across from my dad with a cup of coffee. We had a good talk. Something is happening. And see what's wrong with us? Okay, okay. See what's wrong with us is A, you've never admitted that you weren't saved for real. B, even when God was moving, you had nobody that you trusted that was anointed to help you. And now here it is Uh, because watch this. I love my mama, but that wasn't a time for a mother. I needed my father So please understand. We go. I'm going to come against fatherlessness because I needed my father, not because my father was the preacher. I was sitting next to my dad when he gave his life to Jesus. My mother was always involved in church. My mother loves the Lord seriously. But when it came time for me to move forward. I needed the instruction of a father. Never mind. Don't do that. Don't you get caught there. Because so many of us, so many of us are rejecting the one anointed to help you. All because, watch this, you're you're rejecting your supernatural replacements because your natural people have done you wrong. I'll say it again. Y'all missed it. I said, you're rejecting your supernatural replacements because the natural people have done you wrong. Third time. I said, you're rejecting your supernatural replacements because the natural people have done you wrong. All right. Take the shield of faith. Extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now, we normally end there. I need to read one more verse. With uh oh. Circle that word in your text. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the spirit. Wait, 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 wait. So you went through, starting at verse 14, telling me what the armor is, and then in verse 18, you say, with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the spirit. And with this in view view, Be on alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. Here's the truth. You get dressed in prayer. It takes prayer to put the armor on. And it tells us even how to pray. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the spirit. If you won't pray in the spirit, you are not dressed. So for those in the room who are still rejecting prayer in the spirit, I understand maybe that's you just not there. Um, But I say that um, with all gentleness. Get there then. No, seriously, this is not a game. It's too much crazy stuff going on for us to continue to think that we can get supernatural results with natural patterns. Okay. But many of us are not fully armored. I need you all to be honest right there. If if you just figured out, ooh, I'm half-dressed, put you a little asterisk in your note. I need to go back. I need to get my clothes on. Amen? Amen. Now, let's recall the words of Jesus on the cross. Y'all keep walking with me. Let's recall the words of Jesus on the cross as they were literally mutilating the Savior. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Ain't that what Jesus said? So he was basically saying, watch this. The reason they're acting like this is because they don't know who I am. Exactly. (laughs) The reason that they're treating me this way is because they don't know who I am. That's what he was really saying. Of course they knew they were mutilating him. So he wasn't saying they don't understand that they're killing me. That was the purpose. What he was really saying is, they don't know who I am. Listen to what I'm about to say because I'm going towards my thesis. I haven't given it to you yet. It's coming up. When we do not know who the Lord is, one, we will make terribly misguided decisions. When we do not know who the Lord is, number one, you will make terribly misguided decisions. Number two, you will reject every biblical pattern. Yes, if you don't know the Lord, you're rejecting biblical patterns. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Now, because what you'll do is you'll look for loopholes. Watch this. Partial obedience is complete disobedience. Are you with me? Partial, dis- partial disobedience is complete disobedience. So, so I'm doing kind of, you know, some of it. Partial obedience? Complete disobedience. I'm doing some of it. A little bit of it. Right? It's like, it's like saying, can we, can we uh, you know, kind of cook the chicken? I cooked it a little bit. I put it, I put it in the oven. That's not good enough? That didn't work? No, you're gonna get sick. So you reject the biblical pattern. Don't think that because you come to church, you're fulfilling the pattern. Having a Bible is not having the pattern. That makes sense? Taking a note is not having the pattern. Number three, you do not know the Lord. Listen to this. You will fail to recognize his voice. You don't know the Lord. He says, my sheep know my voice. So if you don't know the Lord, at number three, you'll fail to recognize his voice. And when you fail to recognize his voice, let me give you another reality. If you don't know whether or not it's God speaking, you might think that the devil is actually God. Because if you don't know what he sounds like, anybody can sound like him. Remember, the devil is is an impersonator. He goes to and fro as a roaring lion. Now, the Lord said he's the lion of the tribe of Judah. But for people who don't know him, they might think that the one who is playing dress up is actually God. This is why some of us miss. I thought it was God. I thought it was God. I thought. How many of y'all ever thought you was doing something that God told you to do only to find out that wasn't God? Come on, be honest. Okay. And watch this. I will never mistake anybody for my father. No. You know why? Because all I got to do is ask a couple of questions that only he knows. Somebody, you, y'all. You know huh? Dad, what happened when I when I uh, fell off the bike? Dad, what happened when we went to Cleveland and, you know, the machine in the back of the truck slid down? What'd you do? See, because what I'm, what I'm doing is I'm asking my father about my time with him. And the devil can't answer, can't answer me about my intimate moments with my father. But when you've spent no time with the father, everything can look like the father. Especially when we have taught that God is the one that you go to just to get the stuff you want. When we have not taught people to get relationship with God, but we've taught people to go to God like he's the cookie jar, and you just reach your hand into God to get what you want, this means that anybody that offers you a cookie can become God. You know what that's called? A functional savior. When... You want things so bad, anything that gives you the thing that you want becomes your functional savior. But when we don't teach people to have a relationship with Jesus, all we're teaching them to do is to go after these little candy trinkets that we want. I want a man. Pray about it. I want a job. Pray about it. I want a house. Pray about it. I just want to be next to you. I can get a house with credit. Amen. I can get a car with credit. God, I want something from you that it's impossible for me to get outside of you. Give me some. See, the Bible says in Psalm 1611, in the presence of God is the fullness of joy. At his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. But what happens is, watch this, Christina, we have equated joy to things. And so when we read that, the presence of God is the fullness of joy. I want five bedrooms, five baths. He's like, no, the joy of the Lord is your strength. So the fullness of your strength comes with me. Uh You want to get strong? You feeling weak? Come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. That's refreshment. Times of refreshing come from the presence of the Lord. Y'all with me? So number one, I make terribly misguided decisions. Number two, I'll reject the biblical pattern. Number three, I'll fail to recognize the voice of God. Number four, I will miss supernatural keys and divine doors. You'll miss them. You'll miss supernatural keys and divine doors. You don't know God, you'll miss them. God's like, I'm trying to give you a supernatural key. I don't want that. I'm trying to open a divine door. That ain't the door I want. You'll miss them because you don't know God. Listen to this point I'm about to make. The mutilation of the Lord's body, which is the church, is done at the hands of people who don't know him. (laughs) So all of this stuff we posted, the problem with the church is, something wrong with the church. The church is this. Well, the mutilation of the Lord's body is done at the hands of people who don't know him. And the sad part is, we got people occupying pulpits that don't know him. We have people leading worship that don't know him. We have people with titles that don't know him. So the mutilation of the body is not taking place from outside the body. The mutilation of the body is actually taking place from inside the body. It's an inside job. Paul, Paul actually reaffirms the principle of knowing. Are y'all learning anything? Paul actually reaffirms. Go to Philippians chapter 3. Paul reaffirms how important it is to know. Philippians 3. Watch this. Verse 7. Then I'm going to give y'all my thesis. Then we'll we'll dig deeper. Y'all in 7. Philippians 3, 7. Whatever things were gained to me. Look at Paul talk to us. Whatever things were gained to me, those things I've counted as lost for the sake of Christ. Watch. More than that, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of what? Look at that. I count everything as lost when I look at it through the lens of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Huh. In other words, when I start knowing him, my whole perspective changed on things. If I don't know him, things will run me. When I don't know him, things will run me. Almost there. Let me take a a step further. When you don't know him, other people's things can run you. Talk to me. Y'all hear me? So here it is. You all up in arms over somebody else's stuff that they can't even afford. Now, you operate in depression over an item that can't save, that cannot heal, that cannot set you free. But you got a whole attitude and can't even pray over a thing. And I'm arguing tonight that our real problem is knowing. The reason that you literally will sacrifice everything to go buy something and sacrifice nothing to know him is because you don't know him. You'll save all year for a purse and won't fast for a day. you're plan for a decade for a milestone birthday vacation I mean you're playing you're set aside you're cut back you'll exercise i shake myself huh because you got to be swimsuit ready you got to get that body beach walkable Huh? You got to snatch your waist in. You gotta be sure. But you come into the house of God unsnatched and then get mad when the Holy Ghost snatch you. Get offended by getting snatched by God. Come in the house of God. He's like, wait a minute. How do you govern your body for the beach? but won't govern your heart for the sanctuary. How in the world did you lose 20 pounds to be among strangers, but you won't even practice your music to sing before God? How in the world did you save and put back to make sure that you can have a good time in Vegas, but you ain't studied your scripture to stand before God's people? talking about the Holy Ghost going to use me. That ain't what you thought about that swimsuit. You didn't let it all hang loose with that. Don't look at me like that. He said, nothing matters to me. Nothing in comparison with knowing Jesus. And the problem is, saints, that everything matters to us. Yeah. Everything means more. Spend more on our hair than we spend on our Bibles. Yeah, sir. Yeah. Hmm? you ask the whole world for a loctician and won't ask your pastor to pray. Yeah, you go on Facebook and ask strangers in search of. But you ain't even looking for the Holy Ghost. And then we wonder why we can't see power. We wonder why when your kids sit, you can't, you ain't got, you can't get a prayer through. It's because we have any, too many functional saviors. And what I'm arguing tonight is we don't know him. Come on, I'm going somewhere. Listen to me, because... The reason that everything is more important is because we actually don't know who we're rejecting. We are the Roman soldiers. We are the ones mutilating the body because we know not what we do. The reason we save so hard for the things of our flesh is because we don't know who we're rejecting. We don't know who we're giving up. We don't know how bad it is. And I'm here to tell y'all that here it is, that the Lord wants to do something great. But instead, we're asking him for trinkets. God is like, really? You praying to me about a trinket? You're spending your time with the great I am about a car. This is our conversation today. You could have asked me anything else. You could have just sat with me. The people in the Old Testament would say, can we just see you? And God was like, i let you talk to me. And I talk back. And all you want to talk to me about is a car. You, this it? I'm so small to you that our whole conversation is about a dollar raise. You've been talking to me for 30 days about a dollar. If I just made one more dollar on the hour, just one more dollar. And so if you got to beg God for a dollar, It's, it's, it's because we don't know what we're rejecting. Paul was teaching us this. He says, my resilience comes from my knowing. So our lack of resilience comes from our lack of knowing. And so if you say, why do I keep dealing with the same problems? Your lack of resilience comes from your lack of knowing. Oh, I know him. You couldn't. You couldn't. Because if you knew him, you would reject some stuff that you're not rejecting. If you knew him, there's some things that wouldn't tantalize you. There's some things that you wouldn't even entertain. Because you would understand what you're giving up. Who gives up diamonds for cold? I tell you the people who give up diamonds for coal, the people who thinks the diamonds are glass. Right. When I don't know what's in my hand, yes, sir. I'll give it up for less than what it's worth. Yes, sir. Yes, yes, yes. I said, when I don't know what's in my hand, I'll give it up for less than what it's worth. Have you ever seen those, those antique road shows? Yeah. You ever seen those? Is it just me or am I the only one that when they say I got it for five dollars, you know, at the thrift store? I got it for five dollars. And the guy says it's worth five million dollars. I just want to fall out. just want to fall out. I just, just want to fall out. Right. It's, it's funny because, you know, I, I, I like I like old books. I like old books and I and I really like Bibles. You know, I just I just do. Right. And so your people who know me, who've been in classes, they know I spend money on my tools and and a good Bible is not cheap. And so I'm in I'm I'm in a whole Facebook group for for Bibles, for Bible collecting I'm in the whole group. And so uh, there's a Bible publishing company. It's called R.R.L. Allen. They make really nice Bibles. They're really expensive, but they're really, really nice. Right. And so there's a guy and he comes on there. Watch this. He said, I was at Goodwill. And I just want to know, is this any good? And the entire group was like, oh, my God. (laughs) The whole group. The whole group. How much did you? He had spent $40 on like a thousand dollar Bible. Watch this. They gave it up for 40. Because they didn't know it was worth a thousand. Trust me, they would have sold it for everything it was worth if they would have knew how much it was worth. But because they didn't look nothing up, because they had something in their hand without acknowledging what was in their hand, they gave it up for way less than what it's worth. I need y'all to understand that I believe that the church is giving up stuff that's valuable because we don't know what's in our hand. We're his whole body. With the devil up under our whole feet. And we're sitting here. Allowing the devil to take our children. Allowing the devil to take our schools. Allowing the devil to take our minds. You know why? Because we don't know him. (sighs) Here's my path. Here's my thesis. Hallelujah. For us, listen to this. We fail to be resilient. We fail to be resilient and sometimes even reject the pattern because we do not know who we are rejecting. (laughs) We fail to be resilient and sometimes even reject the pattern because we do not know who we are rejecting. In other words, our lack of resilience is the result of a lack of knowing. I just feel like I'm about to give up. You don't know him. Oh, see, okay. Bishop, is it that simple? Yes. Yes, it is. Absolutely it is. Absolutely it is. Yes, it is that simple. Because if you know him, (laughs) if you know him, I'm talking about when you know him, not know about him. Come on now. J.I. Packer wrote a book. It's a, it's a quintessential book called Knowing God. Yeah. And, he, and he differentiates in his work between knowing about God and actually knowing God. See, facts don't mean you know somebody. For all of my sports stars, I know uh, Chris Simon, he's into sports. You can tell me stats. That don't mean you know the player. Huh? I met Jordan. I don't know him. I met Rodman. I don't know him. Huh? I met Pippin. I don't know him. So watch this. A choice encounter is not knowledge of. An encounter may cause you to get to know somebody, but encountering somebody don't make you automatically know them. Now, watch this. The Holy Ghost is an accelerator of knowledge. This is why you got to get filled. Because once you get filled with the Holy Ghost, the accelerator of knowing lives within you. And now, as the Bible say, he'll lead you, glory, to all truth. But then we reject the Holy Ghost because it's too weird. We reject the Holy Ghost because it don't take all of that. We reject the Holy Ghost because we have made that thing too charismatic. And now all of a sudden, I don't need all of that. All I need to do is read my Bible. You don't read the paper, so you're not going to read the Bible. don't read the paper you don't know what's going on in the world if they didn't tell you on social media many of us would be world ignorant if it wasn't for social media we wouldn't know what's going on huh for the born again listen to this for the born again the pattern write this down the pattern of God is not bondage I said for the born again the pattern of God is not bondage Oh, I got to help somebody. The pattern of God is not bondage. Huh? People tell me all the time, oh, Bishop, you know, that's just too much. That standard is too high. See, you're missing it. This pattern of God is not bondage. The pattern of God is freedom. Yes. Hmm? Oh, oh, you think living for God is bondage? No, 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 no. Living for God is freedom. Huh? That's, that's, that's what it is. He whom the Son has set free. It's free indeed, Sir. right? Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. I see people rejecting the pattern because they feel like they're taking on a set of restrictive rules. Like a Restrictive rules, right? Listen to what I'm, up, what I'm about to say. The pattern of God suffocates the flesh, not the spirit. Yeah. So the part of you that hates it is the part of you that needs to die. The pattern of God suffocates the flesh, not the spirit. It actually frees your born-again spirit, but your flesh, it suffocates that. Huh? When God is like, get up. Get up. I said, get up out that bed. No, I said, get up. I got something we need to talk about. Huh? And then we get to rejecting the pattern because you want to, watch this, I love sleep more than I love his voice. Hmm? If God said, give me an extra hour tonight, some of y'all be like, oh, man. But if your boss said, time and a half. Huh? Time and a half, and you'll reject your whole family. You'll call home and say, I'm going to be late. Before a word from the Lord, you'll tell God the baby's crying. And you ain't never burped the baby. Oh, why, why y'all looking at me like that? When God wants to speak to you, oh, you busy. But when the world wants you, what time you want? I see people reject the pattern. I don't need all those rules. Hold on, I'm suffocating the flesh. I'm suffocating the flesh. I don't want no flesh. Flesh can not glory in his presence. Come on, walk with me. If flesh can not glory in his presence, if, if flesh can not glory in his presence, but in the presence of God is the fullness of joy, and the only ones that can ascend into the holy place is he that has clean hands and a pure heart. So why wouldn't I want to suffocate the thing keeping me away from him? Yeah, let's go ahead and suffocate that. Matter of fact, let's speed it up. Choke this flesh out. I mean, we about to choke the flesh out. Huh? Y'all sitting up there trying to coddle the flesh and be all slow with it. I didn't get here overnight, so I ain't going to get free. No, choke it out. I mean, choke it out. I'm serious. Huh? Some of y'all parents was in labor with y'all all day. Well, watch this. So it took all day for y'all to get a life, but one act can end one? Oh, y'all y'all, y'all missed it. It, do, it don't take long to kill a thing. If it take long to kill it, you trying to keep it. Yeah. If it take long to kill it, you're trying to keep it. Third time's a charm. If it take long to kill it, you're trying to keep it. Did y'all hear what I said? It don't take long to kill a thing. It, It takes you being serious about its death. It don't take long to kill a thing. No, it does not. But see, we keep teaching people that. Did it take the Lord all day to part the Red Sea? No, he had people to save. He got right on that. You want God to be Johnny on the spot? Come on, teaching here. We want God to be Johnny on the spot. When you're going through, you want God to come through as your car is sliding off the highway. God, come through right now. I mean, don't wait, don't delay. Don't go get confirmation, but that's how we do God. I need to get 22 confirmations. I need to go to 1,800 revivals, and I need to go check with a bunch of people who ain't even my pastor to go see. I need to sow seed, and I need to do all of that. I'm going to get everybody a dollar apiece because I'm too cheap to actually really go. Oh, never mind. Huh? But when you need God, when you need God, oh, you want him to be your lawyer in your courtroom? Y'all know how we talk. You want him to be the doctor in the sick room? Huh? You want him to come in the midnight hour? Oh, so you want God to be there at midnight, but you won't be there for him at midnight. Now, listen to this. It's 8.02. Y'all all all right? Again, when you walk in the pattern of God, you are suffocating the flesh, and you are freeing your born-again spirit. You're actually illuminating the narrow path. When you walk in the pattern of God, the lights are coming on on the narrow path. Yeah. What does the Bible say? Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. You start walking in the pattern of God and the lights come on on the narrow path. Huh? Oh, I don't know what I'm doing. Well, what pattern are you walking in? Because in order for the pattern of the narrow path to be illuminated, you got to walk in the pattern of God. Does that make sense? Now, go to Mark. This is, is, I'm not going to get no further. Ugh. I'm trying, Mark 10. I'm trying to teach today. I'm trying my best. Lord have mercy. I'm giving what's required. Bishop McNeil, I'm, I'm not doing my best. I'm doing what's required. I said, that's what Bishop McNeil told me. He said, son, don't do your best. Do what's required. I will, Brother Bishop. We in Mark 10? Now, Mark 10, 17. Now I need need to say again, if if we fail to be resilient, we will reject the pattern. And when we do that, we don't know who we're rejecting. Some of you have given up your treasure. You've given up your treasure. You can get it back. Remember, where you are, what side of the oar are you on? Some of y'all, are on, on the side of the ore where you like, it can't get me, you ain't gonna get me. Others of us are on the side of the recovery. You're on the recovery side. Amen? Like, Lord, look, I done gave up some stuff. But um, can you just go repo my stuff back from the devil, please? I need to recover. Can you recover some things for me? Huh? He said he restore, with the moth and the canker worm and the palmer worm. He'll give you that back. Huh? And what I love about God is he gives it back better yeah. than you lost it. Yeah. Now, we in Mark ten seventeen. As he was setting out on a journey, a man ran up to him and knelt before him and asked him, good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life. Jesus said to him, "Um, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. 19. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and your mother. 20. He said to him, teacher, look, I got this in the bag. I've kept all those things from my youth up. 21. Looking at him, Jesus felt a love for him and said to him, one thing you lack. Because remember, if you, if you partial in your obedience, it's complete disobedience. So one thing you are missing. Go and sell all your possessions, all you possess, give to the poor. Watch this. You will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. Wait. Give up your stuff. I'm going to give you something more valuable. He literally tells him this. But these words, he was saddened. He went away grieving. For he was one who owned much property. The Lord literally sits there and tells him. Give up what you think is valuable and I'm going to give you something more valuable and he wouldn't do it. This happens when you don't know the one who was offering you a future. Write this down. The inheritance requires the follow. The inheritance requires the follow. Excuse me, I don't get it. Look at verse 17 again. As he was setting out on a journey, a man ran up to him and knelt before him and asked him, good teacher, what shall I do to inherit internal life? So what did he want? He wanted an inheritance. What is an inheritance? An inheritance means to gain possession, to gain possession of another's property. As a legal right. As a legal right. He says, what do I have to do to get the legal rights to eternal life as an heir? He says, oh, you want to get legal rights? All right. He goes on and he says, look at verse 22. Well, no, let's look at 21 first. Looking at him, Jesus felt love. Skip down to verse 21. Looking at him, Jesus felt love. It said, one thing you lack, go sell your possessions, give to the poor, you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. You want the inheritance? Sell and follow. Now watch this. The word follow in verse 21 doesn't mean walk after like, like literally like, like a kid would follow a parent. It means behave in agreement with. So he says, You want legal rights to eternal life? Change your behavior. In other words, what you're asking for requires a pattern change. What you're asking me for, you want to be a legal heir to eternal life? Okay. Follow. Change your pattern. You're not following now. Watch this. I do all these things. Jesus didn't consider none of that following. you oh, which means that the pattern that you're under that you think is so good is still not what's required for what you're asking me for. <sighs> if we don't get this standard right, y'all, there's some stuff that we're begging God for that our patterns don't, don't match up to. Just because what you're doing please other church people that does not mean that any of it pleases God. Huh? Ooh, y'all had good church. God is like, I was not impressed. I was not impressed. I wasn't honored. I wasn't honored. I wasn't welcomed. Nobody talked to me. Y'all talked to each other the whole time. How in the world are you going to invite me to a party and never even talk to me? You invited me, told, told me at the beginning of service to come in and then spent the entire rest of the service talking about each other. Didn't say nothing to me the whole time. Didn't even ask me how I was. It was all about y'all. Huh? And then at the end of the party, you asked me to buy all y'all's food. Pick up the check. You asked me to pick up the check for the whole party. So what was I there for? Oh, you invited me for my riches, not my presence. What do I have to do to inherit? Follow, change your behavior because the inheritance requires the follow. But verse 22, he was saddened. He went away grieving for he was one that owned much property. Listen to this. He was not able to follow because, and this is true for many of us, his present state blinded him from his future state. I can't follow you because I didn't even hear what you said, thinking about what I have. You literally just told me you were going to give me treasure. And I'm sitting here thinking about the little bit of something I got on earth. My present is blinding me from my future. So I'm walking away from the best thing that ever happened to me, because I have no idea who I'm rejecting. The rich young ruler fought that he walked away better off. Because he thought he was rejecting a rabbi. He thought he was rejecting a rabbi. I'm rich. I'm unwilling to give up my earthly possessions for an eternal home. Got it. So you won't give up earthly rage for eternal peace. You won't give up an earthly grudge for eternal peace. Y'all not in this room. You would rather people agree with you down here than for God to agree with you in heaven. So you got a lot of people who think your actions make sense down here, and God is like, well, it don't, it don't match the pattern. Girl, if I was you, I would do the same thing. God was like, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have done that at all. Our ability to find agreement on earth does not make it godly. Just because you found somebody who agreed with the way you acted. And after he said that, bro, I cussed him out and threatened him. And God is like, that's not what I would have done at all. Your friend is like, bro, that's what's up. You know, you ain't no punk now. And God's like, and I also know that you don't have the fruit of the spirit. So your friend on earth thinks you tough and God thinks you far from him. Hmm? Girl, I'm gonna wear this tonight. He gonna think I'm sexy. God is like, I don't think you look like a child of God at all. Girl, that's gonna kill him. It might also kill you. So you you willing to go to hell over a sexy selfie? Really right now? No, seriously. No, I need, this to, be, I need to be as clear as possible because there's coming a day where the leaders of this city are going to have to find somewhere to go. And I want them to be able to say there is a church. There is a remnant that holds the standards of God is somebody who can pray in the earth. There is somebody that has not bowed unto Baal. ah, we got to be the ones. But if we won't follow the pattern, if the very church won't follow the pattern of Scripture, then who will? The rich young ruler walked away. He walked away. He walked away from the best opportunity ever because he thought he had more than the offer. He had no idea who he was rejecting. He had no idea. Matter of fact, watch, this is just like, I'm gonna turn there, I'm, Let's see, see, watch, there. This is just like the woman at the well. This is just like the woman at the well. You know what Jesus told her? If you knew the one who was asking you to give him water, He said, I know why you're talking to me like this. You don't know who I am. Now watch this. So why do you think one of Jesus' key questions, who do men say that I am? Because we can't really move forward until we get some understanding. Okay, that's what they think. Now let me see if y'all gonna follow the opinion of man. Who do you say? Because now I know that you've been listening to them about me. Huh? I know you've been listening to them about me. And you've been allowing their word to influence how we interact. Who do you say? And only Peter spoke up. Hmm? You're the Christ. Son of the living God. Great. Since you know who I am... I'm about to give you some supernatural keys that you can unlock some supernatural doors. Huh? We'll never follow the pattern if we don't know who's offering anything to us. Hmm? If you think that the church is simply an alternative, huh? Oh, watch this. Of all of the religions, I picked Christianity. Like it's on the same level. Like, you know, process of elimination. Buddhism, Hinduism, Taoism. You know, let's pick Christianity. It's a little bit better. It's a little bit better. I don't have to go through so many things. You know, the Hindus, you know, they bring fruit and sing in front of statues. I don't really know the language. Uh, The Buddhists, I don't know if I can get down in those postures and I ain't trying to stay quiet that long. Uh, You know, the nation of Islam, that's too much discipline. And last time I checked, the church of our living God was really loosey-goosey about everything. So I think I'll pick Christianity because I get to make up rules. Don't have to be accountable to nothing. I get to say I'm Christian. You know, it's cool. There's no repercussions. It's fine. And with, you know, with a couple of simple, you know, clicks of my mouse, I can actually become a preacher. You know, it's it's easy. You know, and then I can enter into the Christian industrial complex. And the reason that that doesn't seem weird to people is because the righteous light is dimmer than the unrighteous light. Let us no longer reject the Lord. Amen? Father, I thank you. I honor you. give you praise. As we leave this place, allow us to hide this word in our heart that we may not sin against you. In Jesus' name and for your glory. Amen and amen. Love you guys. If you care to give, you can. The Marketplace Movement is still spreading the gospel virtually live every Sunday morning and Wednesday night. All you have to do is tune in during these times. So come and check us out and get the word on these platforms. Just download the BoxCast app on your Roku, Apple TV, and Fire Stick TV. You can watch us on your favorite social media. Or watch us at the themarketplacemovement.online.church or our church website, themarketplacemovement.com, View View worship. The Marketplace Movement, where we continue to reach, enhance, and advance lives.